Take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you read on, and today I want you to turn again to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Now, if you're not familiar with where the book of Matthew is located, what I would encourage you to do this morning is turn to the table of contents um, and find the New Testament. So the Bible's broken up into two sections, Old Testament and New Testament. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Uh, so find the New Testament. First book in that section is Matthew. Find that page number and turn to Matthew, and then you're going to want to find chapter 5. Now, as you're turning to Matthew chapter 5, let me tell you a funny story that happened uh, a couple of months back. Um, I had come to work one morning in this very office, and I came in, I, I had a backpack uh, and a gym bag and a lunchbox, and I, I come in carrying all of my stuff, uh, and I dropped it off at my desk, and, and uh, before my office became a studio, there was a chair that actually sat just about right here in this spot. And so I had walked past this chair, uh, dropped all my stuff off at my desk, and then I turned around to walk back to go uh, check on some things in another part of the office. And as I was walking this way toward the chair that was right, uh, sitting right about here, I noticed that there was something clinging to the back of that chair. And as I looked closer, I was only... Uh, a foot and a half from this chair in the, in the moment. As I looked closer at what that was that was clinging to the back of the chair, I realized it was a huge, ginormous spider. Uh, it, it had to have been two feet in, in size. I'm kidding, of course. But it was quite large. Uh, and, and I'll tell you right now, I hate spiders. Anything but spiders. I can't stand them. And so naturally, in realizing in, in a split second that there was a massive spider sitting on the back of this chair that sat right here, I leapt backwards uh, in a feat that defies physics, jumped backwards a good 20 feet, I wish. Uh, I jumped backwards as far as I could and then caught my breath for a second. My heart was racing, my mind was turning, uh, spinning, it, my, my, my brow was sweating. I, I was a mess because there was a huge, huge spider sitting right there. In that moment, I was gripped with fear. I knew that I needed at some point to walk again past the spider. I had to get past him so that I could go and figure out how to take care of that problem that was sitting in my office, because I still had to, a full day's work ahead of me. Long story short, I uh, ran into Josh, uh, Pastor Josh's office, uh, screaming like a little girl, I'm sure, uh, and it told him what was going on, and he was like, oh, I couldn't be that bad, came in and realized it actually was that bad, uh, and then we ended up finding a vacuum cleaner, we caught the spider, we let him loose out uh, far, 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 far away uh, from my office, um, and then went about our day. But my day was completely shook. It was completely shaken by that one moment of this spider sitting on the back of my chair. Uh, and so I had a moment where my emotions completely took me over. My emotions gripped me and made me move without me even thinking. My jumping back at realizing that that was a spider had nothing to do with conscious thought. That was my emotions in the moment controlling everything I was doing. And have you ever felt in a moment uh, that your emotions had more control over you than you wished they had? Um, 
I think that some of us are dealing with that in this very day. Uh, and luckily for us, Jesus addresses that very thing in Matthew chapter 5. Now, before we get here, let me just do a quick recap. Uh, we've covered the early life of Jesus, his birth, um, his childhood, uh, his early ministry, his baptism, and, and being tempted in the desert. And now he's giving a very famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is where you find this sermon. And we've covered the beginning, which was the Beatitudes and a, a talk, a discussion about being salt and light. That was last week. And today we're beginning a series in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus makes a bunch of statements that begins with, you have heard it said. And so all of these statements are about the importance of understanding our thoughts, our emotions, and our motives. And so today we begin that discussion. And let me just say, what a perfect time to begin a discussion on our thoughts, emotions, and motives. When I think many of us uh, are swimming in emotions, thoughts, and motives, being quarantined and, and dealing with being cooped up in the house for too long and not having any normalcy to life, I think this message today is so timely. It's, it's so perfect for the situation that we're in today. So Matthew chapter 5, I want to start in verse 21. So take your Bibles or your apps. You want to turn to Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 21. And it says this, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then Come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have also heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. What an interesting passage that we have today. And before I go any further, let me give you the big idea. If you've heard most of any of my messages, you know that most of the time um, I give a big idea. That big idea summarizes or gives the, the main point of the message. And today's main idea, the big idea today is this. Control your emotions or your emotions will control you. Let me say that again. Control your emotions, or your emotions will control you. And that's what this passage today in Matthew 5 is talking about. This is talking about specifically two emotions that we struggle with, anger and lust. Now, let me talk about anger first. 
uh, he addresses anger in verses 21 through 26. And in this passage, Jesus is telling us that our undealt with anger is as spiritually dangerous as murder itself. Now, is it as bad as going and killing someone? No, of course not. But spiritually and mentally speaking, it can be just as dangerous as going and making that act of going out and, and murdering someone. The fact is, is when we have undealt with, uncontrolled anger that, that's welling up and is constantly on our mind, that's dangerous to our spirits, to our emotions. When we let our angry emotions have control over us, we separate ourselves from Jesus and from the plans that he has for us. That Jesus wants us to control our anger or else our anger will destroy us. But there's more than just that. I want you to look with me in verse 22. Verse 22 says this, But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. The fact of the matter is, is the way we treat others and speak to and about others is just as important as the way we, we live our lives. The way we speak, the way we treat, the, the way we communicate with and about someone is important to our spiritual health. Uh, and let me just call this out. We live in a divisive, uh, conflict-filled society today. Uh, and that's not okay for the follower of Jesus to be uh, divisive and, and full of conflict. Our constant insulting of polit uh, politicians, medical experts, and people that we disagree with or don't like is in direct disobedience to the plans that Jesus has for us and from the command that Jesus gives us right here in this passage. Every time that we speak a word of insult, or we call someone a name, or we put someone down, we are in disobedience to what Jesus says in this passage right here. And guys, we're all guilty of it. Every single one of us has called someone a name. Uh, or has spoken uh, ill of someone, has insulted someone. We're all guilty of this. But the fact of the matter is, is that Jesus calls us to live higher than that. He calls us to be better than that. Now, I've said it a million times. I'm going to say it again. There's one, it's one thing to attack an idea. It's a whole other thing to attack a person who supports that idea. Uh, please hear me clearly. It's okay to disagree with a political stance, but it's not okay to insult the politician behind that stance. That's where we must be different than the, the society that's around us. We must treat others the way Jesus treats us. And so watch your words, watch what you post, watch what you say, because Jesus wants us to love everyone. And so pay attention to the anger and to the insults and to the, the, the things we say to and about people, because some of those actions, some of those words, some of those insults are spiritually as dangerous 
as murdering someone. So be careful with that. So after Jesus addresses anger, he then moves into speaking about lust. Now, I'm not going to go into the the details here because I know that we've got a mixed audience watching this morning. Uh, Adults, you can go back and you can read verses 27 and 28. The idea, the concept is very similar to what he's teaching in verses 21 and 22 about anger. Our emotions uh, and the things we do in our mind, our thoughts, are just as spiritually important as the actual actions that we take. And so pay attention to that. But I want you to look with me now in verses 29 and 30. Verses 29 and 30, he says this, If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right eye causes right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. Now, he's not saying to go and cut off parts of our body. That's that's not what he's saying. He's saying that we need to remove anything that puts our spiritual health on the line or at risk. If we have something that's a constant temptation, or that draws us into sin over and over and over again, then get rid of it. Remove that. Cut that part of your life out and throw it away so that that sin is dealt with, that temptation is removed. For some of us, that temptation, especially if you think back to what he said about anger and insulting and calling people names and those kinds of things, For some of us, in light of that, we need to remove the news or maybe social media. For some of us, maybe we need to take a break from the constant news cycle that we're exposing ourselves to. Because honestly, sometimes we can ingest so much news and social media that it alters what we think, not in a good way. And so maybe you need to cut social media and or news out of your life for a time. Maybe it's a show that you watch on TV. Maybe there's a show that has had influence over you, that, that, that uh, uh, changes the way you think and, and not in a good way, and you need to stop watching that show. Maybe the thing you need to cut out of your life is a person or a group that you spend too much time with and they in turn influence you in a negative way. Uh, maybe you need to maybe you need to stop hanging out with them. Maybe it's alcohol or a, a substance that you are uh, turning to to self-medicate. Um, in this uh, quarantine, it's been interesting and and sad to read the reports on the huge increase in alcohol sales uh, that started as soon as the quarantine took place. That means people are self-medicating. And guys, let's be honest. Maybe some of you watching right now or drinking a little too much. Maybe you're medicating with something else and that needs to be removed from your life. It would be better to go without social media or news or a particular person or TV show or alcohol or whatever you're self-medicating with. It would be better to remove those and go to heaven and have a healthy spiritual uh, relationship with Jesus than for you to be caught up in your sin over and over and over again. And so, whatever it is for you, get 
rid of it. Uh, get rid of it because it's pushing against your relationship with Jesus. Enact that self-control in your life so that your relationship with Jesus can be all that much better. Remember, remember the, the, the big idea for today. Control your emotions or your emotions will control you. If you have something that is manipulating your emotions, that keeps you in a negative or in a sinful uh, frame of mind, get rid of it. Uh, do the godly thing and live in righteousness through the salvation and victory that can be found in Jesus. Because let me tell you something. Faith isn't a feeling. Faith is a belief in something that we cannot see. A faith in something, a belief in something that we hope for. And maybe right now you're watching and you don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe right now you're watching and you don't have faith in Jesus. And maybe, maybe you've got questions about that. Maybe you're wondering what a life-changing relationship is all about. What, am I, what, am I, what have I been rambling on about for the last few minutes? Well, if you've got questions, if you want to know what that's about, first off, let me say, reach out to us. Send us a direct message uh, or send us an email. We would love to talk to you about what a life-changing relationship with Jesus looks like. But let me summarize it for you just quickly. Jesus was and is the Son of God. He came to this earth. He lived a perfect, sinless life, taught about God, but at the end of his life, he was wrongfully accused and ultimately was condemned to die by hanging on a cross. And when he died on that cross, the shedding of his blood was a perfect sacrifice to cleanse us, to forgive us of our sins. You see, every single one of us is a sinner. We make mistakes and we disobey God's perfect rule, His perfect law. And we are therefore criminals. We have committed crimes against God. That's sin. And with that crime comes punishment. And if we don't get that punishment taken care of, then we will go to a place called hell where there is eternal suffering. But Jesus came along. And when he died on that cross, his blood paid the price for your punishment. He took the punishment that you and I rightly deserve, and he took it on himself so that we would not have to pay that price. And so when you begin a life-changing relationship with him, when you believe in his life, what he did, when you believe what I'm about to tell you, that he died on that cross, on the third day he rose from the grave in victory over sin and death, and many days later he ascended into heaven, and right now Jesus sits at the right hand of God, and he can save you from the consequences, from the punishment of your sin. And all you have to do is believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. Lay your life in His hands. Live your life for Him as your Lord and your Savior. And if you've got questions or you would like to take that next step in your journey with Jesus, please, right now, don't hesitate. Right now, send us a direct message. Send us a direct message, or if you'd like to send us an email, send us an email right now. Don't hesitate. Don't wonder what's coming up next. Do what, stop whatever you're doing and send us an email or direct message. We want to talk to you right now. Because 
having the life-changing hope of Jesus is the most important decision that you can make in your life. He can save you. He can rescue you from your sins. So reach out to us if you have questions or if you want to make a decision for Jesus today. The last thing I said before I went into that was faith isn't a feeling. Faith is a belief in what we don't see. It's the hope of the things uh, that we, we, we long for. Faith is not an emotion. It's Faith is following God no matter how we feel, no matter where our emotions are. The book of Jeremiah tells us that the heart is deceitful and wicked, that it, it can't be trusted, that it could, cannot be understood. Your Trust in your faith and in God, not in your heart and feelings. You see, if it's not in God's Word, it's just wrong. I don't care what your emotions are telling you or pulling, what directions they're pulling you in. If that direction or if that feeling is in defiance of God's Word, it's wrong. It's out to deceive you. And that's what our emotions many times can do. Emotions can be great. They are wonderful things. They, they make us who we are. But we also have to be aware of our emotions and whether or not sometimes our emotions are pulling us away from our Savior. So let me take a moment and let's talk about feelings right now. Let's talk about our feelings in this moment of quarantine. You see, I know that each one of us are dealing with our own emotions in this time. You know, some of you right now are completely fed up with all of this quarantine stuff. You're ready for it to be over and forget the risk, you're ready to take that step. Some of you are very scared. And even if the quarantine is lifted uh, completely and there are no social distancing rules, you still probably wouldn't go out because you're genuinely, and probably in your case, maybe you're rightfully scared uh, of this, this pandemic that's out there. And then uh, most of us probably fall somewhere in the middle. Um, and let me tell you right now, all of those emotions are warranted. They're justified in this particular time. But putting the emotions aside, what are we called to do by God's Word? We're called to have joy in our trials, James chapter 1. We're called to persevere. We're called to be strong. And most of all, we're called to be witnesses, to share the life-changing hope of Jesus with every generation. Right now, you and I, no matter what our emotions are telling us, you and I are called to find joy to be strong, and to share Jesus with everyone around us. And let me talk about a moment how that applies to First Southern, to the church. Not to uh, every single individual, but to the church itself. Uh, all the emotions that people are feeling come into play with the decisions that the leadership is making here at the church. Um, and, and let me say that, that God's Word gives us a lot of information as well. God's Word tells us in Hebrews that we're supposed to be meeting together. We recognize that. We understand that, and we want to meet together. That's our desire. But it also tells us in Romans 13 to obey the governing authorities that God Himself has placed over us. And so that has to be a factor 
in the decisions we make. It also tells us that we're to love our neighbor and that love does no wrong to a neighbor. You know, we have to consider the impact of the decisions we make as a church and how it affects people. And so uh, what I'm saying here is this decision about what to do as a church is so complicated. Our leadership is paying very close attention to all the data, uh, to the information that's being given to us, uh, to the, the mandates and the information that our governor spoke about this past week. Um, we're paying attention to what our city is telling us, and we're also listening to you. Um, and here's what I want to do uh, in saying that. Um, today or tomorrow, uh, you will receive an email uh, with a survey, a, a link to take a survey. This survey will not take more than 60 seconds. It is very easy and very quick. But we're asking that as many of you as possible fill out this survey. And this survey is designed to give us as leadership an idea of where you're at. We want to hear from you and find out what your feelings are about reopening our campus. You see, the decisions in front of us are not easy. Uh, the decision of when and how to reopen our campus is more complicated than many might know. Um, and, and we want to make that decision in the wisdom that only God can provide. Um, we're, going to, we're not going to make this decision based on our emotions. Uh, we, we all feel, I think, a sense of longing to be back together. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. That is a feeling that is given to us by God, and it is very healthy. But we will not make a decision based on our longing to be together. What a lot of uh, psychologists are calling quarantine fatigue. Yes, we're tired of being cooped up in our house. We're tired of not seeing people. We're tired, quite frankly, of not worshiping together. But tiredness does not make for wisdom. We will seek the wisdom of God's Word and the wisdom of what we see from the experts around us before we make a decision, and we will not make a decision based on how we feel. We will be making this decision based on wisdom and what God's Word tells us. And here's what we ask of you. Please, be patient and trust that your leadership, the leadership of this church, is working very hard to make the best decision for you and for the entire church. And so please be patient and trust and be gracious in this difficult time. Emotions um, are flaring right now, and there is a lot of hostility, there is a lot of decisiveness, and we want to avoid that. And we would encourage you in this day and time to trust in God's Word and what it leads you to do and what it tells you to do with your emotions and where you're at internally. Um, don't let your emotions deceive you into doing or saying something that leads you to disobey Jesus and His plan for you. Um, as you process this situation and your opinions and your actions and words, I would ask that you ask this question. Am I reacting based on my own opinions or am I reacting based on God's values given to me in His Word? Take a careful look 
at what you're pushing, what you're saying, where your mind is going, what your emotions are feeling, and pay attention to whether those things are coming because of your opinions and emotions or whether those are coming through God's Word and God's wisdom and guidance. No matter what, be patient in love. No matter what decisions are made by us as a church or by our state or our city or whatever, be patient in love. Love others. Don't get angry. Don't let your emotions cause you to go against God's Word and His plan for your life. So, what are our next steps as First Southern? Well, Governor Ducey uh, this past week uh, reopened the state of Arizona. He's asking us to do so uh, cautiously and slowly that we still honor social distancing rules uh, and everything that's been recommended to us. But here at First Southern, out of caution and out of concern for those in our congregation that are vulnerable, um, we're asking or we're going to continue our services online through the end of this month, at least through the end of May. Um, and then um, we will uh, see how things are going. And towards the end of this month, we will give you an update and let you know what's going on. We'll keep you updated as things go. Uh, but I would encourage you to do this. Because the governor has opened up the state uh, and he has uh, pulled back many of the restrictions, maybe you as a family would like to get together on Sunday morning with another family and worship together and begin the, the worship experience in a small group rather than just with your own family. Uh, so if you're comfortable doing this, I'd encourage you to reach out to some of your other uh, friends, maybe your neighbors who don't even go to church, and invite them to come over, again, if you're comfortable with that, and invite them over to come worship with you during the service time that you choose. Um, this could be an interesting opportunity to share the life-changing hope of Jesus with someone around you. Um, and so, if you're comfortable, uh, consider worshiping with another group of people at someone's house, uh, and we will keep you updated as to when we will be reopening our campus here at First Southern. Um, so will you join me in prayer as we continue? Almighty God, we thank you for your wisdom. And Lord, we thank you that your wisdom is high and above our own emotions and our own desires, quite frankly. And Lord, we pray in this very difficult time, in this very sensitive time, we pray that you would help us to have wisdom, that you would help us to put our emotions aside, and that we would follow your wisdom and your godly guidance that you give through your word, so that we can live our lives the way you want us to, not the way our emotions may be driving us to, but the way you want us to live. And so, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that indwells, that lives in each of us as followers of Jesus and gives us guidance and wisdom in your perfection. So Lord, we pray today that you would help us to drown out, to put out the noise of the culture and the noise that our emotions are screaming into our ears and that we would be sensitive to the voice of your Spirit that we would listen to His guidance, and we would live for you, leading every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. Lord, we thank you again, 
And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.